Plot twists. We're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story where it takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, comedy and impressions lover. And I'm Fran, super fan of reality TV and rom-coms. And we're from now. And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favourite plot twists, both on and off screen. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems that you've never heard before. Contain spoilers. Obviously. That line in the intro, Fran, obviously. <laughs> it gets me every time. It gets you every time. It follows me around, Tom. Honestly, I can't have anyone even over for a cup of tea without saying, oh, do you want milk in it? Obviously. <laughs> for goodness sake. She's going to linger around me forever. No, it has to stay there now. It's got a trademark. And talking of trademarks, actually, because oh, going go. back over a few episodes recently, I've noticed one thing, you singing. There's been a lot of it. We've had <laughs> Um Papa. We've had Adele a couple of weeks ago. Baby Shark made an appearance. And we've even had you rapping 21 Seconds. I don't really know what happened because, you know, <laughs> I came into this, I'm going to be a podcast presenter. Next minute, a song pops in my head. It's out my mouth. It's in the edit. I'm trying to do everything. I've become a jack of all trades and a master of definitely none. But, you know, we've had guests who've managed to do multiple things successfully. Billy Piper, you know, she's yeah. a singer, becomes an actress. Luke Evans, you know, great set lungs on him. Brilliant actor. So you don't hold me down, Tom. There's hope yet. Yeah, there's some there's some hope. Uh, there's a... <laughs> so very dim light at so the end sincere. of the tunnel. <laughs> but actually, talking multi-talented, that does relate to our guest this week. So Tony winner, Emmy winner, Grammy winner, should have won the Oscar as well. Cynthia Erivo. She's just sensational. I absolutely love her. She came to prominence in The Colour Purple, the West End production, then Oprah casually comes over, that being Oprah Winfrey, by the way, says, you need to come over and do this in Broadway. And then in the last three or four years, her career has just exploded. It was her first film, Bad Times at the El Royale. She's been in the HBO series, The Outsider, which you can find on now. And then in her third film, she plays the role of Harriet Tubman in the film Harriet, a true story where a woman born into slavery escapes and subsequently goes on these rescue missions to bring slaves to freedom. It was an incredible story of passion, of courage and bravery. And that song at the end of that film, Stand Up, which she performs at the Oscars, is just incredible. Yeah, she's got an amazing, amazing oh, voice. And there is... A lot of buzz at the moment because she's also been announced to play Elphaba in the new film, which is adapted from the stage play of Wicked alongside Ariana Grande. And as a big old musical fan, Tom, I'll be first in line to see that one. I thought you might like that. Yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of buzz for that. A lot of fan art all over the place, which uh, Cynthia's been sharing on her Instagram. And what can you say about her? She is, she's vibrant. Of course, she's so talented. She's original and very, very dedicated. It's going to be a fun chat. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. So I'm going to hand over to you guys. It's Cynthia Revo on Plot Twist. Absolutely thrilled to have you on the podcast. We've had a hit list for <laughs> Plot Twist of people that we've wanted to have on, and you've been at the top of that for a while. So to finally get you on is a delight. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for having me. Thank you. You know, I was trying to think of things that we that we might have in common, you know, and a bit of common ground mm -hmm. to start things off. I thought yeah. running might be a good one. I mean, you were meant to do the yes. New York Marathon yesterday, is that right? meant to do the New right? York Marathon yesterday. It was meant to do that yesterday, but I, because I'm here in London, it's impossible to do it. But um, I have still been training and I did a 10-mile run today. As you did. Yesterday, I, <laughs> <laughs> I did like a, a five-mile yesterday. I've been just trying to make sure that my training stays up because I still want to do it. Um, and I've deferred it to next year, so I am still going to be able to do it. Probably going to try and do the London Marathon now before I nice. do the New York run. Otherwise, I'd just be waiting to do a marathon, and I really want to get one done. You've done a few, right? I've done a few halves. I've done one full, but uh, halves is sort of like my in, totally in my wheelhouse. I put it in my training from time to time. I run halves just because. Yeah. So a half marathon doesn't scare me. Full marathons scare me, which is probably why I want to do them. It's it's all up here. It's the mental game when it gets yeah. to that level, isn't it? That's the yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I've got one in December, so I need to not not full marathon, half marathon, but it's okay, um, half marathon, good, which good. is manageable. But it's like when I do it, I want to be competitive. I want to do it properly. Yeah. yeah. What's your sort of technique to to doing? It? What's the thing that you do that will help you get through the thirteen miles? I I will listen to a podcast, not okay. this podcast. But I will yeah. listen to something for usually about fifty minutes to an hour, just as a distraction. Okay. Yeah. And then last 30 minutes last 40 minutes put on some music to really step yeah. things up and then just get the beat going and nice. just last three miles isn't it you've got to just power through that it's the last three, the last three miles are the ones that you just have to sort of like just get done yeah I, i'm gonna say the first five sort of happens without you noticing it happen <laughs> yeah. you know and that then the next sort of like two like six to seven feels odd because seven is an odd number anyway and then when you know that you could like you at that point you're at seven so you're past halfway so your brain goes, might as well get to 10, right? Yeah, yeah. So by the time you get to 10, your brain's going, ah, I guess we have to run this last three. And so three is really the mind game. But once you get that done more than once, it doesn't really know the difference between 10 and 13. Yeah. So much of it is mental though, isn't it? Mm -hmm, it's uh, mm -hmm. such a thing. Completely. The other thing I was thinking of that we might have in common is storytelling. Of yes. course, your whole career is based around storytelling. It's a huge passion. Yes. And, for, and same is. here in terms of you know, speaking to you right now and understanding you know your story so i thought that's maybe where we could start yeah it's obviously called plot twist we see plot twists in tv and film all the time but it happens to everyone right yeah every single person what yep. for you would be that standout plot twist moment Ooh, i feel like i've had quite a few plot twist moments to be honest i can believe that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess i guess the earliest plot twist for me probably was when i did a like a young actors company thing that felt like a plot twist because I was not expecting it to go how it went I went to go to this young actors company thing just to see if I could get a little bit of training because I really didn't know how else I would get it and I wanted to learn about acting and I wanted to to be good at it so I found this thing that would help me do that and when I turned up a woman called Ray McKen who I'd met five years prior to that happened to be taking the class she was the one that was the teacher and she asked me if I was training and I didn't know what she meant but what she meant was going to drama school and I said no and she said that the only way I could be a part of this young actors company this training course was if I did some application forms to go to drama school she wouldn't let me join the class unless I filled in an application for drama school. And the drama school she wanted me to, to fill in, the application was uh, for RADA. And I didn't know what that was. So, the so she explained to me, 
Right. So, but when she explained to me it was the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, I said no. I said absolutely not. I'm not because I won't get in. And she was like, "Well, you don't have a choice. So it's either this <laughs> or you're not coming to this class. So you should come up to my office in the afternoon and we'll fill in the application form, and then you can be a part of this class. Or you say no and you can't be a part of this class. So I filled in the application form and got in. Yeah. Got That's into the, the school, and I don't really think I would have. I don't know that I would have done that if it wasn't for her. And like the biggest plot twist probably was, was this little play, The Color Purple, which I thought was, you know, I was happy to do the, the little play in the many a chocolate factories, tiny little 200 seater. That's what I wanted to do. And I didn't know that that was going to go anywhere else. And then it was taken to Broadway and I went with it. And that kind of changed my life. Yeah, it certainly has. Could you, when you were doing those 200 seater venues, could you have anticipated or did you even think about where you are now? I had no I no, I because I was I was so pleased with being able to do that show there. Because for some reason my body, my mind, my heart, my soul just wanted to do that show. I and I now I know why, because it's part of the story of how my life is what it is. But I had no idea. I just I didn't know. I didn't know that that was what, what it was gonna be. I just wanted to be a part of that. So I I don't think I could have even comprehended where where I am right now and, and what I'm doing. I don't think so. And there's like loads of dreams and stuff, but you don't, you never comprehend actually like being a part of it. Like yeah, of course. experience it. Yeah. Well, you've had a lot of moments where you've been, I mean, Janelle Monet, for example, or Ian yeah. Harriet, you know, you go and see her in concert and then years later yeah. you're actually starring with her. I mean, that must yeah. be so surreal, but wonderful. It, at not the same even time. just starring with her. At that point, we're close friends. That yeah. Janelle is someone I can call and text and, you know, check on and she checks on me and we talk, you know, all the time. And so that it literally is going from, I saw her in concert and I was listening to her first sort of like EPs and was completely enamored by the music that she made to knowing her personally and being able to, to ask her to be a part of something that I thought was a massive story in my life. And she said, yes. So it was just crazy, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And you couldn't, of course, anticipate it that you'd be cast in Wicked with Ariana Grande. I mean... <laughs> no, I could not. It's so Congratulations. strange because thank you very much. No, I could not have. And, and it was so strange because when I was at drums, when I tell this, because I told the story when I was when I was auditioning for it. And I, I said that when I was at RADA, a friend of mine, his name is Michael Pevoy, we would go to like one of the rooms that had a piano in it and we would pick up the score of Wicked. For some reason, Rada had the score of Wicked in the library. So we'd take the score of Wicked out of the library, go to a room with a piano and just sing through the score. So this is like 2009, something like that. And I was doing that music, singing that music unknowingly, yeah. just learning it, like the learning this music. Though. That, that's isn't it crazy just that, yeah. that that's where it started for me that's that's what I was doing with this music I was in love with it I just sang it over and over again and I took myself to to see the show on my 25th birthday I remember doing that for myself like on my own I bought tickets to see different shows and Wicked was what was one of those shows and when I got to New York for the first sort of like I think I took up myself on a holiday I saw that show I saw Wicked again it was nuts it's very crazy to be here with that. You, you must be over the moon about that. I mean, it's just Very. A, it's a huge uh, casting, yeah. huge, huge universal film in itself. 
of the fan art of seeing you've been the sharing that. They've is already started. Just, my <laughs> mind is blown by some of this art. It is just like, and how fast people's imagination works. Like, yeah. there are pieces that are be the beautiful pieces that these people have just drawn, and which is why I, I just keep posting it because it's just so. I'm so blown away by how encouraging and welcoming that is, but also just how talented people are. It's so crazy to me. It's just nuts. It kind of brings the community together, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, congratulations. That really is that really is amazing. Thank I, you. I wanted to go back to pre Rada and growing you grew, grew up in South London. Yeah. Grew I did. up with your yeah. mum and mm -hmm. just about your experiences and your first sort of I suppose interactions with, with music and, and, yeah. and acting. I guess my first interaction with music was, was probably my mum. My mum loves music. She loves it. She'll play it everywhere. It doesn't matter what, like, all types of music. It's why I, why I know so many different artists and styles. And, and she's been doing that since I was little and before I could even speak. And so what would happen is I would listen to the music and I would start humming. I think she said I started singing when I was two, but I can't remember that. I can, I can remember from five onwards. Five was when I had like an actual moment of having to focus and sing something. But I, apparently I've been singing since I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I couldn't speak before I could sing. So I guess I was singing before I could speak, which is nuts to me. And those are my sort of early memories of it. And I started realizing that I had a, a real sort of love for music, probably when I was about six or seven. So I started like learning songs, learning things that I wanted to sing and watching videos and listening to music. And I think the first time I had like a sort of Walkman, yeah, Walkman yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would sit in front of the radio, wait for the songs that I wanted, press record, stop. Yeah, yeah. And just make tapes <laughs> like that. And then it moved on That's to the CD. That's how it was. That's yeah. how it was. You would sit, you'd wait for the song you wanted and you would press record and you you get your tape and just keep doing that. And sometimes, because there was a way to put music from one tape to another, but I remember pre -iPod, just being the kid. Yeah, yeah pre-iPod. And I had cassette player and I had, I remember I had a little um, player that I could record myself on. So I, could, I would use that a lot. You know, like one of those Vetch toy yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> I would use that and record a lot of stuff on that. Ridiculous. No reason, but I just had a, a good time doing it. And then my CD player came and it was like my whole life changed because I could get all of these songs and CDs. And like I would buy the CDs and it would be like once every like birthday and I would be obsessed with the CD that of an artist. I was obsessed with Brandy and I would listen to her music all, all the time. And then we'd be in the car and I'd ask my mom about which artists were playing because she would listen to Magic FM and sometimes they would play music that I just have no heard before. And that's why I know like Mike and the Mechanics and Gladys Knight and Patti <laughs> LaBelle and all of these Sam other Cook, artists that yeah. a 10, Sam Cooke, that a 10 year old or an 11 year old would not know, but my mom was playing it all the time. Yeah, I just, I have a deep love for music. It feels like another language. For me to be honest yeah you, you can see that in the emotion you put into performances yeah um mm -hmm. yeah i remember being on uh, school trips and you take that thought you have your big cd player now with yeah your, you know big you know your big <laughs> headphones i mean to today's society that'd be almost like alien wouldn't it you know it to would, have like they wouldn't get it like I, what they would not get it at all like 
I remember having a CD player, which I loved. I loved my CD player. You snap it open, you put the CD in, yeah. press play, good to go. It might, if it skips, take it out, wipe it on your jacket, put it back, start again. Yeah. But I, I love the fact that music is so accessible now and you can have so much more of it. But I do love the being able to hold something in your hand and say, oh, I've got this. I remember... Like I, an LP, right? They're, they're making a yeah, massive comeback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, my, so my record is an, has an LP, so you can buy the, a record yeah. of it, which is I'm really pleased about. I remember I got an album from, so Never Say Never's Brandy's album. It's one of my favorite albums. And I sent a letter to her. I remember I wrote a letter to Brandy, who I now know, which is wild to me. <laughs> um, sent a letter to her, and she sent me a signed album back. I wow. could not tell you what that meant to me but it is very weird that that happened and now i know her yeah yeah i, I need to write some letters to my heroes clearly that's the way to do you it you should oh my yeah. gosh you should you should that's interesting there yeah. was uh, there was something lovely that you've mentioned in the past about about your mum and uh, I think you were at school, you're doing really well, but everyone around you were, I think the aspirations were to be a doctor, to be a physician, yeah. to go into teaching and, you know, these sort of professions and your passion was music and, 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 acting. and acting. Yeah. And she noticed you hadn't sung for a while. Yeah. I was trying to fit in because I, I was in a school with really intelligent kids and I, like I'm one of the intelligent kids and we're in like all the top sets for everything. So we're doing really well. Math is good. Sciences are good. All of the everyone's wanting to be doctors, nurses, lawyers, all of those things, the normal things. And I wanted to act and sing and I felt really odd about it. I just felt I don't know what that was. I just felt like I was the odd one out in class. And so I just sort of tapered off and just stopped singing a lot and my mum noticed and uh I remember I was, must have been in the kitchen she was going to the kitchen I was standing at the dining table in our house and she just was like I hope you're still singing you're still singing aren't you I just I never forgot that and I just thought okay that's all she said wasn't something. it she didn't really say that's much. all she said didn't say much about that she just noticed she noticed she pointed it out and left me to it no yeah. push no anything but that was more than enough to know that okay she notices and it's got a matter you mentioned your album chapter one verse one yeah there's obviously a dedication to her and that mama which is yeah. a lovely lovely it's actually probably my favorite record on the whole Yay. album it's really lovely cool. she must have been a very inspiring and motivating figure for you as yes. you start out your career yes yeah because she just let me do what i was good at you know she never discouraged me from from wanting to do something. If I told her I wanted to do something, she said, great, just make sure you work hard for it. You can do whatever you like. Even just recently, I told her, she was like, I know you were supposed to be running the marathon yesterday. She was like, yeah, I told her, yes, I know, but I, I'm gonna try and run it next year. She said, in Jesus' name, you will. It's not a <laughs> marathon. Marathon, it's a marathon. She says, you absolutely, you'll run it, you will. And, and that's sort of how she's always been. Like, little things, any little thing that I put my heart to, that I set my mind to, she's, 100% behind it, you know? So, and that's sort of what I've, I've grown up with. I know that I'm very lucky because, you know, usually it's, do you have a backup plan if, you're, if you tell, mm. tell your parents that you're gonna be an actor or a singer? And I, she never asked me about a backup plan. There was no backup plan in her mind because there was no backup plan in my mind. So as far as she was concerned, well, that's what she's gonna do and she's gonna do it really well. And that's sort of what happened. There's so many people that we've had on this podcast that, there's always somebody behind the scenes that is that sort yeah. of that force of 
just gives you that belief, you know, just gives yeah. you that, that that sort of energy to think, no, I can do this and I, I'm going to be yeah. fearless. And, the, you know, even yeah. if you throw your eggs in one basket, there's still, yeah. you know, you're still going to do it. Mm. On the theme of people, I wanted yeah. to do something a little bit different. So okay. I wanted to chuck some names at you because okay. in your career, you've worked and, and become friends with some pretty interesting people. Yeah, it's fair to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to chuck some names at you and just get your initial reaction, if that's okay. 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 So the first one, Oprah Winfrey. Wise woman, very wise, very funny, very stylish, and very, all, yeah. she's always just had like sage things to say. So yeah, I, I, that's someone who I love very much. Yeah. And that's uh, the first time you met her. Was it uh, you? Uh, I think you were in rehearsal. You were in rehearsal, but you carried on singing. I carried on singing. Yeah. (laughs) Was that nerves or or were you just a bit stubborn? No, it was determination. We had to finish the song. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to cut the song in half and fall to pieces. And what it did was make sure that everybody else continued to the very end of the song so she could hear the entire song. I was like, Oprah Winfrey has just walked into the room. What we're not going to do is fall to pieces and not finish this song. So we finished the song so she could hear everything. And then we finished it in the right way. And she and, and she sort of like went with it, and it was amazing. She had quite an impact, didn't she, in bringing you over to Broadway with the Color Purple, right? Yeah, I think that she joined forces with the producer who was producing it in London, and they just sort of were like, "Okay, bring it over." We love Cynthia. Bring her over now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, she is. She, I mean, she's the queen of TV. She, she's she she's got a lot of power. Um, <laughs> Aretha Franklin. Yeah, um, I have met her. She was funny as heck. She sang the last couple of lines of I'm here at me as I was walking towards her. I nearly passed out. <laughs> Hilarious. And then I saw her again at the Kennedy Center Honors. She was wearing red. I remember that. And she remembered who I was. And I could not believe that she remembered me. And then when I watched the taping back, she was singing along. So that was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, she's got her eyes yeah. closed, hasn't she? And she's, she's got just... her eyes closed and yeah. she's sort of like in her own elements. So yeah. It's amazing. Yeah wonderful to see there's sort of those moments in life with those sort of images that you can see it's like you can never take that away ever yeah yeah we had we had martin sheen on a few weeks ago and he was talking about uh a few people in his life that influenced him but he was stood maybe 10 feet away from martin luther king wow and he just said it was that image of seeing dr king there he says it will stay with me forever and it's like i suppose you know she was such an impactful trailblazer yeah, she just yeah those moments are sort of like stuck with you because they they feel like a like a badge of honor almost yeah yeah i watched harriet again last night because yeah. i just i love the film it's just phenomenal and it was only your third film as well was which it? is yeah. just something else <laughs> uh it really, it really is but what i want to ask you about that is that she is this incredible figure and, and yeah. you really brought that to life um, yeah. where it, there hadn't actually been a film on it before, had there? There hadn't Quite. been. There'd only been a television film and there had been, an, I think, an episode in a series on Harriet, but no big screen moment for her. Yeah. Which is yeah, quite quite incredible given, given her yeah. story. But yeah. I, just, I just wondered, given that you invest a lot emotionally into these these characters mm-hmm. and and what she was and what she represented and and what she achieved in her life, mm-hmm. what has been the impact? Now we're two years on from when the film first came out. Mm-hmm. What has been the impact of taking on that role and becoming Harriet? What how's that affected you? I think that every film that I've done since then has is 
a tenth of the difficulty that that movie was. So it taught me, it definitely made me stronger. And that impact is like followed on, it's followed me throughout all of these things. Um, physically, it made me stronger. Mentally, it made me strong because it was a lot to take on mentally. And I think I just, I just see the, the influence that this woman had on anyone who watched it. And still I get messages. I, I watched Harriet for the first time. People are still discovering it, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And people are still singing the song and they are proud of her, proud of the things that she went through, that she was able to come through and proud of me. And it's feel, it makes me feel connected to people who are, who are able to take the time to, to sit and, and watch it. It's really special. It also sort of like the idea that I'm part of a legacy of teaching black women about their legacy, which comes from her, is really special. I watched uh, the Oscars performance last yeah. night as well. It was, I mean, I love the song Stand Up. And you, you co-wrote that, right? That I co-wrote that, yeah. Yeah, that was just astonishing. And it feels like for all the controversy over the last few years with the Oscars and yeah. for you to be centre stage, this quiet and then... The, just this incredible performance and the high note as well <laughs> you know when you hit the high note it's like yeah. the reaction is you like you grab hold of your chair like oh my goodness <laughs> you know yeah. um but it was almost poetic in a way yeah. and, and then the image of course of harriet then appearing right yeah. at the end it was just mm. sensational it really Thank was you. that must Thank have you been much. do you get nervous for things like that for, for oh a i was big very nervous my legs were shaking whilst i was doing it for the first sort of like one and a half minutes my legs were like jelly and i sort of had told myself if i just plant myself then i i'll be fine yeah but also there's this wonderful weird surreal thing that happened with me because the year before that i had said to myself i really the dream was to perform on the oscar stage but i wasn't specific and so something made it specific what ended up happening was i performed on the oscar stage with a song that i co-wrote and i was nominated for that i didn't see coming and it just was one of those moments where it's very strange to be looking at the dream come true whilst you're in it. Because I, I was so aware of it. Mm. I was so aware of what I had asked for the year before, standing there in this gold dress on that stage, having been nominated for this song. I just, it was such a wild moment for me. It was a really, really wild moment for me. But when you say yeah. asked for, is that in terms of asking of yourself? Yeah, I, well, I asked, asked it of myself, I asked it of the universe. It's one of the wishes that I wanted for myself. I wanted, the wish was to, I just want to perform on the Oscar stage. I would love to perform on the Oscar stage. And well, then that, I did. That you certainly did, yeah. Yeah. With Harriet, you mentioned about obviously the, how tough it can be on set and that one being, I mean, physically and mentally tough. Mm -hmm. But you had, did you have a phrase? It was, was it um, Harriet Tubman Harriet tough? Tubman Hard. Har yeah. Harriet Tubman Hard, H -T -H. that's it, H-T-H. If it's not H-T-H, then, then it's possible to be done. Because it, it, like what we, the thing we kept reminding ourselves about was that anything that we were doing couldn't possibly have been as hard as it was for Harriet. So if yes. it's not H-T-H, it's manageable and we could get yeah. through it. And we, and we did, yeah. It just helped to sort of like con contextualize what, what we were having to do and sort of like brought us back to earth about where we were, what we were trying to do, what we were aiming for, and what it required of us. Yeah, it's, it's something you can carry with you forever, right? Yeah, I suppose it's a humble sort of reminder, isn't it? In a way. Yeah. yeah. Is it true that on red carpets, I've just I like to find a bit of trivia that <laughs> that you you have a, a ring with Harriet on? I had yeah, 
I have a ring with Harriet on and I had it made for me in gold. There's a wonderful black jewelry designer called Suet Siam and I saw it on her website and she usually it's plated gold but I contacted her and asked her if she worked with real gold uh, and she said yes so she had it made and I was I was wearing that every day <laughs> I love that so it's like carrying it with you all the time yeah. yeah yeah it felt like a, a sort of a way to channel a little bit of her energy every day talking to you you've got this very calm very friendly demeanor and then <laughs> when we see you on the red carpet there is this it's vibrant it's flamboyant yeah. Is that always been something with you or is that or these, you know, the likes of Met Galas and the, the, and the, <laughs> the red carpets at Trafalgar Square give you the chance to kind of experiment with your with your look? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I love fashion and I sort of found a way to make red carpets and any opportunity, really, a moment where I can just express myself again through something else or a different medium. And I'm lucky that fashion that people are have given me the space to, to do that really. I just, I just have a great time, yeah. Did you experiment with fashion when you were younger or is this something I that's... did, as, much, as far as you can when you yeah. have, you, you know, you can only do so much with what you have, but I, yeah, I would, I would experiment. I was the girl with long blue and green and pink and white braids, I would do all of that, those things. I would make sure I was wearing things that were all the different colors and monochrome and I would try whatever I wanted to try as much as I could. So yeah, I was, I was, I was daring, definitely. That, that's for sure. Yeah, I need more to be more most. daring. I need to be more daring. Why not? Just, I mean, what's the, what yeah. do you have to lose? You have exactly. nothing to lose. Yeah, life's too short. Yeah, very true. Very true. I, I feel like there are certain trends that come in that perhaps the majority will gravitate towards. Yeah, and I feel like okay, well, Cynthia isn't going to wear that then. No, <laughs> I, I don't really follow the trends. I just follow whatever feels good on me. I follow what I think will look good, what will feel good, what what I like and sometimes I don't there are trends that I do like and there are trends that I don't pay any attention to it just it really depends on how I feel in those pieces something could be trendy and everyone could like it and then I put it on and I think oh, this doesn't work for me at all I don't want this so I'll try something else but it makes you original yeah yeah yeah, yeah I like yeah. that I want to ask you another plot twist question okay so this is centered around a person mm-hmm We've obviously mentioned your mum, but has there been perhaps somebody else behind the scenes that's been an unexpected force in your life or that's propelled you, helped you, supported you? Yeah, I mean, um, there has been a few people. So picking one is tough, but I'll pick, I'll pick Dee Cannon. She was my acting teacher and she was unbelievable. She was tough, but sort of when she saw something in someone, she really wanted to like, nurture that, take care of that. And she was also incredibly loving. And I sort of understood her from the get-go. I wasn't, some people would be afraid to sort of like nudge back at her. And I, I was never afraid to nudge back because she would nudge back at me. Mm. And she was the one that sort of helped me discover that for me, vulnerability was the strong suit for me. That was the way I could access the characters that I was playing, find out what makes them vulnerable. Why are they vulnerable? What is the thing that is their Achilles heel? And then I could, then I could find a way into who they are as human beings. And I never forgot that lesson. And when I left drama school, she was one of the most supportive people ever. She would just turn up to a show and be there. And it would be, and she would be the one person that would like remind me, don't rush those words, you're garbling. Don't make sure people can hear them. And I would, that would stick with me and I would go, she's right. I'm gonna 
take this bead down, it would always help. Like, and then there are days where she, there would be a performance and she'd just say, you're a star and I love you and it, this was amazing. And when she said it, she meant it because she never said anything she didn't mean. She was and, and one of the most more. honest people. Yeah. yeah, one of the most honest people I've ever met in my life. She was wonderful, yeah. Is she the coach that said, I know who you are? Yeah. Yeah. It's something a bit deeper behind that, isn't it? You yeah. You've got that sort of mentor in the background. Yeah. 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 I love that. I really love that. Yeah. What are your passions outside of acting? Obviously, we talk about running and... Yeah. Obviously, you've, you seem to be doing a lot of projects. You've done a lot of projects over the last <laughs> few years. The album's come yeah. out. Yeah. The films came out a few weeks ago, of course. Need in the time stack. Wicked has been announced, but you know what else I guess my passions are this is gonna sound strange because obviously fashion is definitely a passion of mine but like if we're thinking about more homely passions I'm thinking like I mean I love to read I've been journaling ever so like lately and that that's become sort of a passion of mine I really enjoy being able to sort of write down my thoughts and discuss how I'm feeling yeah. and all those things so I do that knitting is one I pick up every winter so I start something in the winter, try and finish it the winter, and when the spring comes, it's all, I end up putting it down. But then winter comes around, and I just want to knit again. So that's the passion that I picked up when I was at drama school. So I'm, it's like something to do with my hands. And, and what I like about it is that if I'm on set and we're sat and we're just waiting for everything to change over, you put the knitting up and you which can keep your hands occupied, which happens a lot. Um, <laughs> and you can get you, you sort of get a lot done that way. So that's a passion of mine. And it's hard to not say running because running really is. It's sort of like part of the way I process and the way I meditate and the way I am yeah. every day. So it's something that, I, that helps me sort of exist the way I exist. Yeah. And jewelry is a passion of mine. Well, as, as, as I can see. Um, yes. I guess all those things in a way are it's sort of mental separators, aren't they, in a way? Like yes. if, if you've gone to run or like... Even a few weeks ago, I was doing an adult paint by numbers thing, just as a yeah. distraction. I thought I need to. Yeah. You can get so sort of caught up in your own. Yeah, bubble. sometimes you kind of have to like stop and like yeah. take yourself out of things for a second before coming back into it all. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd still a bit of meditation actually. I think that'd be quite yeah. good. Have you ever done yeah. that? I have. Yeah, yeah. Every so often, you just sort of like drift away and meditate. And sometimes I do it whilst I'm running. Okay. You find yeah, because if you find a, wow. a cool, if you find a groove. Whilst you're running, you find a pace, everything sort of like happens. It, there's a weird moment where everything sort of like syncs up. Breathing syncs up, the pace syncs up, running syncs up. You feel really good. So it almost feels like you're not doing anything, but you are. I use that time to sort of like go away a bit. I don't really listen to the music that's playing. That sort of like is in the background and I can sort of just hear my breathing, which is a way to meditate. Yeah. Interesting. I never thought of it like that, actually. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I guess it's similar to like what I was saying at the beginning, like listening to something. I went on, I went on a run ages ago and I was listening to Matthew McConaughey's book. Yeah. And I did my fastest, I think I'd done about, I think it was six, seven K at that point, but it was my fastest I'd done in a long time. And I didn't, yeah. have to, I, it, you know, when you're doing quite, you're pushing yourself. Yeah. And you kind of start, you're thinking, okay, I need to hold, keep, hold this together, hold this together. Come on, don't give in, don't give in. Yeah. All that mental talk was going on. But yeah. And I, I got to about the seven K mark after listening to this book and I was like, oh, Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm at done. this pace. It's like, we're, do, we're doing good. Like yeah. just do the next three and we're, we're, we're yeah. good now. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sometimes like coming away from yourself that allows yeah. you to sort of like, it's like freeing yourself of all the stuff that will stop you from moving faster and further forward. Yeah. Just to go back on the impact of, of Harriet. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Has that had an impact in terms of for you being more outspoken about things that you are passionate about and not and being? I suppose there is that sort of thought of you know if I say this, could there be this reaction? Do you find that maybe that courage and that determination that she had has impacted you in thinking, no, I am going to stand up for what I believe? And yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty outspoken anyway, um, <laughs> just because I think that I don't know that that I'm going to blame that on my mum. I'm going to blame it on her. Uh, just because <laughs> just because I don't, I, like, part of me, I'll blame it on her and I'll blame it on me being Capricorn. So we're very specific about the things that we want, we don't want, the things we like, the things we don't like. And I'm very specific about what kind of, like, the characters I play, what they're for. And, and I'm also passionate about what the workplace feels like. So I want to make sure that the opportunity is given to those who don't get the opportunities very often. And the only way you can do that is by having conversation. And so I just have learned to not be afraid of having the conversation with people, you know, because I think that that's the only way we can move forward. And I'm happy to to keep talking to people until I'm blue in the face because I because I, I think it matters, you know. So, yeah, I, I definitely stand up for what I believe in. But I I think that just added a little bit more fire. But I've always sort of been that way yeah where you are so passionate you have to believe in a project yeah could we see you for example in a family comedy mm-hmm. something that so it's, so it's not something that has to have quite a deeper meaning to, in order for you to sort of mentally get in that space it could be you know you yeah. are open to those sort of things oh totally yeah I mean I do like comedy I think <laughs> I think, yeah, no, 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 not at all. I think I, think I end up like doing a lot of drama and a lot of um, dramatic things just because it's sort of like, it all sort of follows on from what I've already done. But comedy and lighthearted things, I love that. That's what I tend to watch okay. anyway. Nice. So like, same. yeah, I'd love to be a part of it, like a, a cool, cool family comedy that makes people laugh and smile. Because and I've got that. a suggestion. Go on. I've, I've never done this on the podcast before, but Go I've on. just got... I've just got a feeling this would be a great casting, great opportunity. Sister Act 3 is, yeah. I think, the script is being developed. Uh-huh. You, you have a bit of, uh, there's a bit of synergy between you and Whoopi. Yes. <laughs> I, I think, you know, if she, I mean, if she was listening to Plot Twist, I mean, it's highly unlikely, but if she was, yeah, I think, you know, casting you, Cynthia, would be, I think that'd be a pretty good move. I mean, I could, I could ask her. <laughs> I could ask her. I could see. I mean, I don't know what it would be because she's she's. I'm assuming she's coming back as Sister Mary Clarence, right? I'm like, which what is the role I... that you played, right? Yeah. Which is the role I played, and and I don't know. I mean, I think I'm too old to play one of the students, if there are students in it. Like, what it depends on what the plot is. Like, what yeah. is the plot? I don't mind being one of the sisters if she's back at the <laughs> if she's back at the <laughs> back yeah. at the nunnery. Yeah. Then fine, happily. Uh, I I would pay to see that. That would be hilarious. Just me and her. That would be brilliant. (laughs) That would be trouble. That would be great fun. I watched something with uh, you and Alfre Woodard. Yeah. Um, It's a sort of a coaching, acting coaching one-on-one. It was really interesting. And and actually something that she said at the end was wherever you, whatever you want, move in in that direction. And she was quite funny. She was saying that, you know, if you want to play, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt, you know, don't star in Booty Dishes 2. I think was what she <laughs> I think uh-huh. what she said. Yeah. Um, in t- in terms of those sort of roles, obviously, you know, putting aside Wicked, which will be incredible in itself, but where are you sort of looking at? Because there's so many opportunities now in terms of roles and yeah, you know, streaming I mean, I services. Don't, I don't put 
myself in a in a box. I just I really am looking at the, the characters and the roles that I play because for me, like you know, like if the film is *Be Delicious* too, and the woman who <laughs> is, but the woman who I I read and the character that I read is complicated and different and and looking for something and interesting, then I'm happy to start in that. I'm happy to be in that. It's more about the character and the role and the story than anything else. And that's what I'm always chasing after, the person. What does this person want? What makes them interesting? Have I met this person before? Do I know this person? Would I want to know this person? Do, have I spoken to them before? If I don't want to know them, why? Is Why would I not want to know them? And does that make mm. me more curious about playing them? Yeah. You know, that's the thing I look for. So it could be in a light comedy. It could be in a, something that's magical. It could be a superhero. It could be the sweetest, most quietest thing ever. It could be a short, whatever, as long as it's an interesting and new person to me. Yeah. Is, is there a character in, in, in a, an existing comedy that you'd like to, or a particular show that would stand out at the moment? Oh, in an existing comedy or show that stands out? <sighs> that I just like or that I would like to play. Well, I, I, well, what are the comedies that you're watching? What are you, I'm doing a bit of a rerun of the US office at the moment, but. See, I, my comedies end up being animation. I'm watching Big Mouth right now. There's a, the, the animation <laughs> Big Mouth, it's hilarious. This wasn't a comedy, but I've been, I, I was watching Love, it's called Love Life, which is funny. That was funny. So there's like moments in it that are funny. I watched the, there's the first season with Anna Kendrick, which was really quite cool. Avenue Five, yes. I just watched. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Avenue Five is one of the single most hilarious things I've ever seen. It's so funny. So funny. And I'm hoping that the second season comes back. I think, I think Nikki, it is, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, second season comes back th yeah. th this year, next year, yeah. something like that, with Great Josh cast. and Nikki. Yeah. And Hugh Laurie, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So funny, so funny. And Nikki's character is ridiculous and brilliant and tense and, <laughs> and <laughs> frustrated <laughs> and funny is brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's, I watched, I just recently watched that series, so that was brilliant, yeah. That's a good, that's a, that's a pretty solid choice. I like that. That came out, was that, that must have been pre-pandemic actually. That was pre-pandemic yeah. and everything had to shut down for a little bit and then they, they started again, I think. What's uh, what other projects that you've done? There's been obviously you've done sort of the the big HBO series with the Outsider. You've got to have the yes. lead role in something like Harriet, and of course, yeah. all, all the theatre work in both the West End and Broadway. What's yeah. what's what's where have you been the most happy? What have you enjoyed the most? It's probably quite a difficult question. It is. I've enjoyed everything like in its own specific place, but the one that felt really like really really cool was when I was doing Bad Times at the RIL with Drew Goddard and I was working with Jeff Bridges and I just had such a good time. I just had such a good time doing it. Drew's got such a good energy. He's so full of light and Jeff is the sweetest, most... Jeff is Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is Jeff, man. He's so sweet and we still email and talk and... He's just like the loveliest man I've ever met. I loved spending time with him. I loved working with him. It just was a really good, good time. I loved shooting that. 
because a lot, a, a lot of the things I end up doing, because they're dramatic, that, you know, you can't help but you get tired and it's hard to sort of like yeah. do the days that you're doing sometimes. So you have to sort of dig in. But something about this particular project with Jeff felt really easy. Felt really easy. And I still talk to Drew. Drew is a lovely, lovely person. And we're sort of like trying to find out what else we want to do together. Because he just, I don't know, did something really special. Did you, you did the song, was it Hold On, I'm Coming? Was it that film that you did that? I did, yeah, that's the one I did. I love yeah. that song. And I love your Thank cover you. as well. Is it Sam and Dave? Is, Thank it, is, you. That, is that the guy? Sam and Dave, that's yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I went to a Muhammad Ali exhibition at the O2. Oh, cool. And uh, he's my cool. hero. And it was all like, all the sort of memorabilia, but the official from, you know, from his career, the gloves that he'd used and all this yeah. amazing sort of historical sort of uh, artifacts. And we go through and you, you go through all the whole sort of uh, history and the gloves. And then you get to the last bit, which is the theater. And they're playing yeah. this sort of montage, this sort of tribute to him. And they had that yeah. song going, oh my goodness. Like the so energy cool. was just, I had to, I actually emailed the people at the O2 and said, um, yeah. by the way, what was the song that you were playing? Uh, <laughs> in, the, in the cinema at the end so they cool. actually got um what's the app that people use to uh what's um shazam shazam and she actually shazam. shazammed it and then came back and told me and it was That's hold brilliant. on i'm coming by sam and dave it's a great tune i love yeah. that it's a very very cool tune and it's cool to sing it feels great to sing as well yeah, it's got a good bounce good energy to it yeah 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 is there, is there anything that you've got coming up that we should know about? Anything else aside from well, Wicked? Well, the thing that... I'm shooting right now is the Luther movie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, it is a continuation of what happened in the, the last season. We're sort of like, we've moved him forward and I'm, I'm shooting that right now. And it's, it's, it's good. It's good. What's it like working with Idris? That must be uh... lovely. He's the sweetest. He's yeah. lovely. He's lovely. Everyone's really like this is a, this is a lovely experience. I, I have a feeling that we'll come away from this having enjoyed the people that I'm working with and the project itself. And I'm really looking forward to what it's all going to become. Yeah. Oh, I like hearing so, that. You know, when you'd say yeah. oh, we'll work with this individual, it's the nicest person. You think, oh, that's always yeah. that's always so good. I to feel hear. like I've been lucky. I've been really yeah. lucky in my time. I've worked with some amazing people, like. And people who you wouldn't think of like that way. It's just sweet, gentle people. Viola's hilarious, funny and hilarious. <laughs> Miss Viola Davis. And I love yeah. her. She's just so she's lovely. She's like yeah. yeah. She's amazing. Just, just actually one more thing before I do let you go. Yeah. We mentioned people that you've been able to meet and, and work with. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that you've been on our hit list. Yeah. Who's on your hit list if there's... If there's somebody you can collaborate with, either with in terms of singing or uh, on screen, is there someone Meryl that you've got? Meryl Streep. Meryl oh. Streep is on my is on my hit list, and Barbara Streisand. We don't get more iconic, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are on my hit list. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, you were on our hit list, and I'm so pleased we got Thank to chat you. to you. Thank you so well, much. Honestly, Thank you very much just for doing joy. this with me. Amazing. Oh, massive thanks to Cynthia Revo. That was a lovely chat. You guys are really bonding. You had your, your running, you had your fashion tips, you know, Cynthia giving you a few of those. But also I just loved it. It was a bit like nostalgic, like chatting about listening to music on the old Walkman, 
right up my alley. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good little bonding session, wasn't it? Talking about running, but then I remember those school trips where you'd have that your CD player and then you'd have your big sort of headphones plugged into them and then you'd change your CD to then change album. It was, yeah, reminiscent about old times. I loved it. Yeah, her passion for music really came through in that. Like when you were talking about, you know, how she first discovered music, like you can just see it's been something that's really defined her as a person. Yeah, and it's her passion for, like you say, for the music. And I think she's somebody that's a very emotive performer. She can't perform something off the cuff. She really wants to feel it. She wants to, you know, really display that expression. Even with her album that Mm. came out uh, a few months ago, it's very personal. It's very emotive. And you could see that from how she was talking through it. And a real poignant moment for me was when she said that her mum had noticed that she'd stopped singing. Yes. Mums always know. They, they always, always know. know. They always know. I think we did something we didn't mention actually, but was something that was really touching that I found afterwards that Cynthia's production company is actually sort of a reference to her mum. It's called Edith's Daughter, which I thought was a oh. really touching sort of tribute to her mum and everything that she's she's given her this platform. But I love the plot twist as well, where she's talking about essentially that journey into RADA, that that wasn't really on her radar. But if she wanted to do this course, this acting course, she had to then do this application for RADA. And therefore she thought, well, okay, I'll do it then. And then obviously she then gets into RADA. And of course, for many British actors, that's such an enormous platform to go on. But it's amazing how that was never really on the radar, but it just came about through this, this one application. Yeah, I always find it funny when we speak to these really sort of successful actors and in Cynthia's case also a successful singer and always the plot twist come down to that they didn't believe in themselves and they needed someone else to believe in them to get them over the line which especially with someone like Cynthia is so determined you know she speaks about meeting Oprah and you know she just walks in while she's singing and she was like we will finish we will carry on we'll get to the end <laughs> yes. you know not thrown by that yeah. and yet the plot twist moment is I needed these people who believed in me you know her, her acting teacher who believed in her and told her that her vulnerability is what's going to get her through and her her honesty and her openness. So it's just funny the difference between these like personas we see and actually the stories to how they get there. And, and to think we've had, like you say, we've had so many people that have had these people behind the scenes. They've just given them that extra push. And then in Cynthia's case, you know, you fast forward a few years and she's meeting Oprah. She's performing in front of her. She's performing in front of Aretha Franklin. You know, I mean, just astonishing like that sort of transition in a number of years but it's about the people that have elevated us to that point speaking about giving people a little push uh fashion advice came up there tom so i think Cynthia is giving you a little bit of a cheeky push a bit, a bit more adventurous with your fashion sense which i for one am going to second next time you see me frown you won't recognize me it'll be change man it, 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 a change man there'll be all sorts going on you won't believe it oh. I, for one, am looking forward to seeing that. So am I. (laughs) Well, a huge thanks to Cynthia Revo. I loved that chat. It was great. And you can catch her in all episodes of The Outsider available now. And the fun continues next week with Brooklyn Nine-Nine badass Stephanie Beatriz. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a firm favourite of our household. So we will catch you next week. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>